Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. The news mightn't be with us, but Extra Time is. We're here till 8. We'd love to know your thoughts on events of the weekend. Our text number is 083 311 3311. Yeah, lots to look back on and look forward to on tonight's show because we'll be looking back obviously on the county finals that took place in the stadium and elsewhere over the course of the weekend. Joy for Boherlach and Duala who rejoined the Premier Intermediate ranks after a great day for the parish of Boherlach. 3.15 to 15 points they defeated Golden Kilfiekel to win the Michael Marm Cup and win the Tipperary County Intermediate Hurling Championship and I think on their day their players were being honoured as well in the stadium for their win back in 1986 or so we'll get more detail on that as we look back on a great weekend for the parish but for the other four parishes or three parishes if you like who were involved in county final action the weekend there was drawn matches Killadangan 119 Thurlis Sarsfields 22 points Laura Dora 215 Thurlis Sarsfields 118 in the Premier Intermediate so that refixture in the Premier Intermediate will take place next weekend and that will see um, the uh, match played next Saturday that's the 21st of October 2.30 and that's on in Nina Laura Dora against Thurlis Sarsfield is on in Nina on Saturday the 21st of October and it's the following weekend it's the Sunday of the bank holiday weekend Sunday the 29th of October at 3pm the replay between Killadangan and Thurlis Sarsfields will take place in the stadium that's Sunday the 29th the bank holiday weekend 3pm Killadangan against Thurlis Sarsfields lots to look back on but let's hear from some of the protagonists we'll start by hearing from Paddy Marr the Thurlis Sarsfields manager who spoke to Stephen Gleeson at the full time whistle on Sunday yeah, um, sure. Look, I suppose at the end of it, we're happy enough to still be in with a chance of winning it uh, the next day. Um, you know, I thought we were going to pull away, and then they came back. And I think they went to pint up with whatever it was, ten or that to go. So it looked like it was going either way that way, you know. And look, we just had a couple of opportunities near the end where we could have had, you know, could have took a score to put us a pint up. But look, uh, we're delighted to get another crack at, and whenever it is now, we'll know shortly enough, I think. And uh, yeah, we'll regroup again. Tension was high there, you know, everything, you know, battled and that's what you expected, I guess. But uh, right down to the home straight, a couple of mistakes and everything like that matters and happens in finals. Yeah, no, I don't know what it looked like, but from the sideline, the intensity was very high throughout. You know, um, lads weren't given too many lads an inch and, you know, it's a county final, it's what you expect, like, you know, and I think the two best teams in the championship this year have been in the final and I think they showed it there today with the, with the class and show, you know, so tough game and... Uh, I think it'll stand to both teams and it'll make for an intriguing replay now as well. Unusual situation, Paddy, with your club in the Premier Intermediate getting a draw as well and you're part of that management team and uh, like it's kind of build yourself up emotionally is going to be a challenge, is it, or will you just rock on? Actually, it shouldn't be a challenge to build yourself up for county final, really, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and that's what we told our players yesterday and told our players today that, you know, we're getting our chance to play another county final and that's the way it is and we go again, whether it's next week or two weeks' time, whatever it is, we'll, we'll be ready to go anyway in both of them. Have you any injury concerns ahead of it? I don't know, I'm not too sure. You know, I haven't been gone through all that shit in there, so um, I don't think it should be too bad anyway. Yeah, but you're in a happy enough place, like, uh, as it is, it's kind of half-time, I guess, is that right? Yeah, but look, it should be worse if we were beaten by a pint here, which could have easily, very easily happened. So, um, look, it is what it is, we'll move on. We have, I think we have a good few things we can improve on. Um, which is great and we still have a chance to do that and show that so um, yeah looking forward to now again and you've got a mix of the panel there the lads that are on one panel are on the other as well yeah but sure we have to have a crossover we've you know we have to have a few substitutions and things so um, yeah just look but look we're all trained together anyway um, it's always been the way it's just one squad goes plays one day and the other squad goes plays another day and that's the, simp- that's the way it is and uh, well, the lads are enjoying it there so far this year so um, look we still have to we still have another, we still have another crack at the two of them anyway that's Paddy Marr speaking with Stephen Gleeson after the full-time whistle in the stadium yesterday. Let's hear from John O'Mara, the Killadangan manager, who again was asked how, for his thoughts at the full-time whistle. 
Listen, I suppose you know we're 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 delighted to be still in the championship, right? First and foremost. Um, secondly, um, you know I thought maybe after we get in the goal we might have kicked on, um, you know because we hadn't been playing well living in the first half. We wouldn't be happy with the performance, but to be fair to Torles to give him credit, like they came back after we get in the goal. I think they tagged on two or three more points. Um, you know I'd be thrilled with our lads how they fought out till the till the bitter end and they got the, got a result out of it when maybe on a day we weren't at our at, at our best. Yeah, it was a real tough. You know, dogged kind of final, and uh, nerves are high, tension is high. It goes with the territory. A hundred percent. And look, you know, everything is fought out. Like you know, every score is earned. Like every free is contested. Like there was nothing spared out there from both teams. And I'd say as a neutral been here, it was intense stuff. Um, you know, we're just thrilled that um, you know we, we we're getting another day out of it. Um, I'm sure Turles are as well. You know. Um, so look, it'll be down to training on, on Tuesday night. And you know, normally the team that um, wins the replays the team that learns most from the drawing game and we'll have a look and see what we can take away from it and hopefully you know um, be ready again for a week or two weeks or whenever it is mm, so uh, it's just like pause and, and get ready to go again <laughs> yeah get our breaths back any of it this evening and look be ready to go again whenever whenever it is be it a week or two yeah and uh, any injury worries any concerns going yeah like we, 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 we John came off very early um, he, he got injured actually in training during the week and we thought he might be okay um, you know, disappointing to lose him so early, but he'll be fine in two weeks' time. And, and Fergie, when he came off, was um, was starting to, to show a bit of trouble as well. But all in all, um, no, I'd say we're we're fine on the on the serious injury front. And look, great to see Willie being back there, getting almost 45, 50 minutes into him, which was brilliant. Um, you know, so look, we'll get the bodies right now in the next couple of days, and uh, we'll be ready to go again whenever it's on. That's John O'Mara from Kildangan speaking to Stephen Gleeson at the full time whistle. Ken Hogan was on duty for us yesterday. How are you, Ken? How are you keeping? Uh, Ken, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's I think a fourth time in successive years that the game, the county final, has ended level after sixty minutes. Killadangan and Lockmore Castellani four years ago went to extra time and was settled on the day. Uh, it just does it point to how close and how evenly contested our championship is that we've had three drawn matches in a row. Or is that just the way things are? I was out with one very tight championship altogether. You know. Um, I, I feel that uh, obviously Kildangan, in fairness, from the most consistent team over the last six or seven years, contesting six county finals now, you know, and a number of replays and extra time. So they're there, thereabouts. And Torres, we were very familiar with Torres, you know, Sarsfields and great games at Lockmore a couple of years ago, you know, now back at the helm again. Um, I think it's going to be an intriguing replay. Um, but Overall, yesterday, a very satisfactory game. I think the second half was very good. you got to give credit to Willie Connors as well for that. You know, uh, he took on that strike from, what, 90 yards out, maybe more, knowing it was probably going to keep his parish alive or, or, or confine the, the Danbury now to Thurlis Arsfield. Yeah, well, Willie's well capable of doing that. He's a man that has come on with Tipperary at inter-county level as well and, and made a huge impression. Um, he's been dogged with injury. He's trained very hard. He looks in good shape, but um, his striking was never in doubt, you know. And I saw him as a juvenile defender. That's where he was most natural at. And now he he, he plugged that gap yesterday for Kildangan in a big way. So, from our perspective, I think to see him scoring that point, you know, took guts, it took bravery, and um, a great finish to the game. But um, both teams will feel they have a huge chance in the in in the in the replay. I'm, you know, I know you're going to be faced with this dilemma yourself. But if you're preparing for a semi-final, and if you were Paddy Mara or John O'Mara, um, is there a temptation to change things based on what you saw the first day? Maybe change tactics, change personnel. Well, in fairness, you know, Paddy Creedon started yesterday. Um, Shawnee Butter didn't start. Um, Shawnee Butter came on and made a great impression and scored a brilliant point. Uh, on the other hand, I think, you know, Kiladangan moved their team around a little bit. I think Alan Flynn going back to the half-back line really steadied the ship there. I think they looked after the, uh, you know, Torres forwards, you know, fairly well. Um, I think Paul Flynn had a, you know, a whale of a game at left half forward. He was traditionally playing at full forward for Kiladangan. Uh, he, you know, he really stepped up to the mark. Brilliant goal and three great points. But overall, the standard, I felt, was very good. It was tactical in the first half, Ronan, very tactical. Uh, they were testing out each other, but then in the second half, things that ripped, the temperature rose, and, you know, 
everybody went at it. Um, I suppose some marvellous scores, you know, long-range scores from Joe Gallagher, you know, Declan McGrath, Alan Flynn, but of course, uh, Darius Dalecombe, Stephen Cahill, brilliant scores as well, and Aidan McCormick, of course, the ever evergreen Aidan McCormick for, for Torres, absolutely brilliant. So, um, you know, while it took both teams a while to figure things out, I think both teams deserved a second bite of the cherry. I think it makes for an intriguing, uh, you know, replay. Um, obviously, both uh, teams will want to be healthy and fit. I think the priority you mentioned there for preparation is that both teams will be healthy and fit to play the next week. All, of course, there will be injuries, there will be knocks, but um, overall, I feel that they are the two best teams in the county. Uh, who's going to be the best one? We'll, we still have yet to find out. Yeah, no, lots of intrigue. And how do you prepare? And this is, a, a, again, an issue you have yourself are going to have to deal with, but Turles Sarsfields and Kildangan have a fortnight to keep themselves focused, or keep reminding themselves they're still in the county final. And, uh, you know, if you go to, if you try and peak for, for a Sunday in the stadium, is it difficult to get yourself back up to that peak level again? Like, do you have to come down to go back up again is, I suppose, the question I'm trying to ask. Um, I suppose you do. You have to return to recovery and rehab. Uh, the masseurs and the physios will be busy. Um, obviously, recovery is an important part of it, both psychologically and physically. But I think by the weekend, both teams will be snapping at the at the bit to get going again. Uh, I think, you know, uh, two weeks, you know, it's, it's now only maybe 12, 13 days actually rolling. It'll fly through. Um, they will have probably a get-together you know, a competitive get-together next weekend, probably on Saturday evening or Sunday, where they will go all out. And then they'll taper back again uh, to peak again for the, the following Sunday. But it's exciting team times for both clubs, you know, uh, playing in county finals. So, um, you know, you take the Irish rugby team, you know, they're flying home today. Uh, Torres and Kildang will look at it and say, Jesus, here we go again. It's yeah. been great to get the second bite. And I'd imagine over the course of, this autumn and late summer training has been intensive in Turles predominantly because their Premier Intermediate team has been going so well as well and I'm sure that they both rising tides lifting boats and all that but they're both bringing each other on the senior team and the Premier Intermediate team likewise the Premier Intermediate team have bigger fish to fry in the coming days though Yeah it's going to come on very fast for both teams like uh, it'll fly on now We're, we're, we're going into Tuesday tomorrow both teams will probably be training tomorrow night and then off we go, you know, it's basically getting getting ready again for next weekend. But uh, marvellous weekend of hurling, you know, exciting games, both on uh, last Saturday and Sunday. All all teams feel they've probably had a chance of, 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 of taking the silverware. But um, I suppose that's the beauty of the amateur game that is, 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 is Gaelic games that nobody's prepared to give an inch. And like you think a small ball like a slitter, that there would be some uh, gap at some stage showing but no uh, nobody flinched um, and it's fantastic to see everybody fighting tooth and nail to the finish to try and either get a draw or get a win and I think uh, we have exciting fair again ahead of us in the next couple of weeks Absolutely what was the mood like in Laura this morning? Uh, mood was good you know we went over to Portumna yesterday morning for the, for, a, for a swim uh, it's very adjacent to us as you know Ronan and uh, you know while the lads were a bit sombre after the match, I think everybody was, you know, there's a bit of crack yesterday in the morning and everybody was in good form. Um, you know, and it's the same situation uh, for, for every every club, you know, that's preparing for championship. You know, it's it's a, it's, a, it's another bite of the cherry. It's a, second, it's a second chance for every team. So everybody will be looking forward to it, you know, in earnest. And I think uh, two top-class teams, you know, and... Uh, give huge entertainment uh, to everybody in Nina last weekend as well. Would you have liked, as manager of Laura, to be afforded the same time scale that Kiladangan and Sarsfield senior team have in relation to a two-week gap between the semi-final or between the replay, the drawn match and the replay? Because you're back into the state, you're back in Nina on next Saturday. Yeah, and uh, the funny thing about it was, you know, through unfortunate circumstances, Ron and. Um, um, in Clonakinney and of course the late Timmy Maloney in, in Cashel both our games were postponed at quarter final and semi final stage. So we've become accustomed, I suppose, to, to to the you know, every eventuality. And um I suppose we knew when the, the game uh, took a draw 
yeah, I used to even the senior finals we could draw. I used to even we probably knew that would be two weeks time, and that we'd probably be out next weekend. So it's not a big surprise, I'd say, to either team that they're out next weekend. We'd all like, uh, uh, of course, we'd like to be afforded the opportunity to to maybe have the extra few days, but it is what it is for both teams. And um, at the end of the day, I think both teams will prepare as well as they possibly can. And what more? Like when you're playing in a final, you know, you forget about the bruises and uh, and uh, and the hurt and the injuries. You just want to give, go out and give your best for your club. And I think you'll see that again in abundance this weekend. Looking forward to it as always, Ken. Thanks for your time. Anytime, Ron. God bless. That's great. That's Ken Hogan joining us there. Let's just hear from uh, the Laura Camp some more because Brian Carroll spoke uh, to Tip FM after the full-time whistle on Saturday. I sure looked. Uh, we're delighted to still be here. That's it. Simple as that. We knew coming today that Turles Sarsfields are a serious team. Like They're here on merit and they have some serious hurlers and you know, great leaders all over the field as well. So, look, we're under no illusions what we were coming into today and we knew that they would fight a little bit random. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, and uh, it was a game that I suppose goals were, were the big key moments at different times in the first half. Uh, Christopher Fogarty's goal and then he got another in the second half. He seems to have a knack for scoring goals in finals after last year as well. Um, Michael O'Brien got the goal for them that really brought them back into the game and it, it finishes up as a draw but what were you kind of saying in the uh, the huddle at full time there um, you, you kind of had a huddle down with the manager what do you kind of say to players kind of straight after what was probably a bit of disappointment giving up the last point and trying to get people ready for the next game Ah yeah look and she, you reference the players like the experience they were able to bring on the experience Mikey O'Brien we were able to bring on Brian, Brian Hogan obviously just home from Australia so look big players all over the field went to the wire could have went anyway that's hurling it's, it's, it's great and look we'll just refocus now we we'll look forward to the next day we'll get the few sore bodies out there they'll have to get the recovery in and you know, probably be another quick turnaround and we're looking forward to it look Turles of the senior final tomorrow against Kiladang and they'll, they'll probably focus on that for the next 24 hours but no we'll, we'll regroup and we'll go out again Extra Time on Tip FM brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance OREA Own Dylan Nina OREA Stokes and Quirk Clon Mel and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel, multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month Get your nominations in now. Well, let's get some more analysis on this match between Thurles and Killadangan, which finished 22 points to Thurles. Sarsfields, Killadangan, 119. Tom McGrath joins me. How are you, Tom? Good rolling. Uh, another draw, three in a row. And I suppose both managers, you know, as we've heard, will reflect on this, happy that they're still in the championship. I don't think anyone really left it behind them, did they? Um... I suppose it was, the, it, was, it was that type of game coming into it. It's very hard to predict what the outcome was going to be. And sure, and never, never, the draw was never mentioned, like, but uh, it, was, it had the shape of a draw, actually, in my head from maybe halfway through the first half. It was, it was pint for pint. It was level one, two, three, four, five, six times. And I said, this is like one now that could. And just then when it looked as if Sarah's had stamped a small little bit of authority on it, you know, Kildangan turned up this, uh, you know, was a really good goal, like that. Mm. Kind of a good advantage play by the referee to start with, give them give give them credit as well. Yeah, Michael had a good game, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thought so. And, um, mm. like, you know, Kildangan turned in and got it to the right fella. Okay, probably got a little bit of a touch going in, uh, but at the same time, you want to get, you want the right fella in the right place for those sort of shots, and sure they had the right fella falls in, like, and he puts he puts it away, and no no better man in those situations, like. But you know, and then coming down the stretch, I suppose if there was somebody to have had a chance, I I thought even that at that, that even coming down the stretch, the Saros were probably the ones that maybe had that they didn't take on the couple of chances. Um, on first that one, I thought he was thought he would go for the point for it, but from it, but he didn't. He had a couple of wides earlier on, and. Like a strange, a, a strange statistic. Like now, I didn't keep the exact figures, but the stats, the stat is there in my head. There's probably two, probably two whites to one at the town end in most recent matches that I've seen in the stadium. Whether it is whether it's a gate left open somewhere or not, I don't know. <laughs> but the Sarah's lost more semi-final. Most of the whites, majority of the whites, were at the were at the town end, and yesterday the same thing went on. So, wasn't there used to be something running about the the Russians opening the gate when the the 
javelin man just to be thrown or something like that but that's for another day like. yes that's true so I thought Sarah, Sarah's had that chance coming down the stretch and didn't, didn't go for the chances maybe but then when you have Barry Hogan pucking the ball out with pinpoint accuracy you don't have to give them free puck outside or it's giving yes, away sure. possession like. yeah. yeah I know I mean we can get into Russian linesmen and conspiracy theories as much as you like but uh, let's stick to yeah, what we yeah, have yeah. but uh, I mean like Paulie Marr Sanguine as well afterwards I mean you've got a lot of firepower up there with Sarsfields and do you think that they perhaps harnessed it appropriately? Um, probably they, they probably created a goal one and a half goal chances and didn't 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 bring a save over Barry Hogan with either of them like you know an over an over an over hit hand pass with and it was a hand pass with one and the other one then was just a poor hand pass that didn't go I thought I should have gone Right rather than left or whichever way, but the, the pass didn't go the right way. I thought anyway, and they were the they were two goal chances Saracens had, like and they didn't. And then got one, and they took it. And look, that's the that's mm. the nature of the game. I mean, it was always going to be that fifty fifty game, like and sure, I don't think anybody has gained any advantage from yesterday. Like it's pretty much back to drawing board with both outfits now, and no, an enjoyable game, I think, like and that's one that hopefully the weather gods will smile on them for the next day too because that that helped the thing yesterday I thought I think you made a valid point in relation to it's back to the drone but it's back to square one really and I don't know whether we'll see an entirely different game the next day whether or not Paddy look at it and uh, and his counterpart John O'Mara look at it and set themselves up differently as a result of what we saw in the stadium yesterday well, you see, you can set yourself up whatever way you like, but you can set your outfit up one way, and I'll set mine up another way, and one can cancel out the other. And what you were planning, you were planning on taking, getting somebody away from somebody, and sure, the opposition could be doing the very exact same thing and still fellas it up in the same spots. Like so, you're going to have probably this, much the same fifteen. Maybe there might be there might be one change on either side, max. Um, supposed a very influential character yesterday, not just because he got the level and point, but Willie Connors would have been would be has been a huge player for Kiladang and I suppose even Tipperary too for a number of years. And uh he not being not starting yesterday was probably a setback then, but I'm sure I'm sure he'll start the next day like. And that'll give that gives Kiladang an option. And Sarsfield then will be looking at their bench and maybe even looking a bit beyond the bench now, depending on the way they're where their Premier Intermediate match will go, that's on that's on this Saturday. So that will be probably a finished business and they'll have a week to recover from it as well. So that may give Torres some options as well. Like. I suppose we have to credit Willie as well. I mean, you need nerve. If it went wide, on the law of averages, that was the, the county final gone. But the striking the striking nowadays is, is phenomenal like and there was there was no there was always no breeze worthwhile yesterday, but it was hit Straight and Willem Tell, Willem Tell at his best wouldn't have struck. It was just absolutely arrow, arrow like. And as was as was some more scores as well. I mean, I'm just thinking of a couple of Kildare points. And Dickie McGrath hit, hit a great point in the half back line. Alan Flynn hit one another from huge distance as well. Like, and you know, it was it was it was great, great striking by 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 both by both teams. Like, and not too, not too much tactical stuff either. Like, and plenty of keen exchange as well and never looked like you know bubbling over either a credit to credit to both teams I think that both teams come over with an awful lot of credit in my eyes anyway they went about it in a very sort of positive way and they they, they went at hammer and tongs and you know it's great. It's, it's it's grand for the neutrals that they're going to they're going to see get another chance to see them in action anyway. Tom as always my thanks for your time tonight. We'll talk soon. Yeah you're welcome Ronan was Tom McGrath joining us there just before we came on air this evening with his thoughts on that final between Thurles and Kildang and JJ's on the line JJ Kendi we'll have a quick word with JJ how are you JJ? Hi Ronan I'm going to start with uh, Boher Lahan if you don't mind I will come back to the other two games in due course but the Boher Lahan uh, mighty day for that parish and I'm sure that they are were reminded of past glories with the 96 team being honoured um, but a, a really impressive win for them as they picked up the Michael Mark Cup 3.15 to 15 points yeah, it was, uh, and as you say, I suppose a great day for the club in the sense of the, the 96 team being honoured. Uh, it was, you know, a happy coincidence, I suppose, that the two the two events happened on the one day. So, great day for the club. Uh, yeah, a, a great win for the intermediates. Um, you know, I, I guess in a way we didn't quite know what to expect in this particular game because um, Gordon Kispikil had had come from nowhere really uh, into the final, and 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 they were on a high. They were. You know, momentum was with them and so on. So Bola and I, I suspect didn't quite know what to expect from them, but uh, 
in the event after uh, I guess a, a tighten up opening half, um, if anything, Bolahan for a spell in the opening half had the better of it, and uh, were leading by a few points. But those two Bolahan goals in the first half were were crucial, and uh, you know you went into the second half, then Golden had the player sent off early in the second half, and that. Uh, turns the screw a little bit I think and they were comprehensive winners in the end Yeah they did end up with 13 uh, unfortunately for them but like those two goals one was a penalty and the other I think came from Dara Hickey very early on after five minutes so if Golden Kilvigler listens to this they might rue those two first half goals because it did give a cushion albeit only a three point cushion at half time Yeah that's true uh, Dara, Dara Hickey got, got the one early on after about five minutes and you know no better man with the, the sort of the life experience as a hurler that that uh, Dara has, uh, he showed all, all all that old guile there to, to nip in for that goal early on. Crucial one because after that goal, you know, Golden came at them and uh, Jack Leamy was. I mean, they were they were over reliant. Let's face it on on Jack Leamy all day, but he's he's pointing. You know, eventually had him in the lead. But then you had the second goal, the the penalty, and uh, just the curiosity on curiosity on this. I suppose they. The, the referee didn't allow advantage initially. Initially, after the, the foul was committed and uh, the ball broke out and Tossie Ryan uh, dispatched it to the net, but the, the referee brought back the play for the penalty. And uh, we were just talking about this this afterwards. Uh, I, I reckon, probably, ironically, maybe it worked against Golden because, um, you know, sometimes in a situation like that, if the initial foul, uh, if advantage is allowed uh, and a goal comes from it, the referee may not come back to the original foul. Uh, in this case, he, he went back to give the penalty, so he books the goalie, uh, sorry, the golden corner back. That was the first yellow card, and um, and then of course early in the second half, you know, a slightly high tackle, and he got the second yellow. Mm-hmm. So so he was off. So it, it's strange the way these things can work out. But credit to Tuffy Ryan because he, he had put the goal away initially, uh, and then had to face the penalty when when. When the play was brought back for the penalty, and uh, he duly found the net again from the penalty, he had he had an incredible uh, performance uh, for for Bola and scored one eleven in total. And um, I reckon five of the six, five of those eleven points came from open play, so that was a, that was a huge contribution. And uh, they just had uh, Ronan Bolan just had they had more on the forward line than Golden. I think it was basically as simple as that. Um, you know, Jack Leamy scored all bare one of the the golden 15 points and the other point came from a midfielder Shawnee O'Halloran whereas you know Bolan had Tossie Ryan getting 111 you know Colin Dwyer there for midfield is getting 0-2 Darahiki the goal uh, Shami Lahey two very good points near the end so they, they had a spread they had more options more firepower on the forward line and I think ultimately at the end of the day that, that's really what decided this game Yeah well many congratulations to Orlan. I'm sure they enjoyed their weekend uh, in in light of everything that with the ninety six team and all that, it was a great, great weekend for the parish. Let's just quickly talk about Lara against Turles Sarsfields in the uh Seamus O'Rean Cup final. And there was a sense perhaps, I don't know if you'd go along with this, that perhaps Lara will be feeling a little bit like they left this behind them more so than the senior final. Uh they were leading and it just maybe didn't have the smarts to see out the game. Yeah, no, it, it, I have to say I, I wasn't at the actual match. I was at a Camogie match instead. But um, yeah, that, that the story I'm getting from it is that exactly, exactly what you said that um, that they they had it within their grasp uh, and maybe retreated back a little bit, which is an always to to start defending when you're when you're in control rather than pushing on and and really putting the game out of sight. And from what I hear from people, that's the, that were there. That's that's the impression they had. And uh, I guess they, if they had learned from that for the replay, that, that's what they'd have to, 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 to work on and maybe not not back the next time if they get ahead. Yeah, I was asking Ken about the one-week turnaround and there is obviously a bit of bit of thought went into this because Laura, irrespective of the result in the replay in the Seamus Arena, will be Tipperary's representatives in the Intermediate Munster Championship and they will have a two-week turnaround after the replay before they go on and face Cora Finn of Clare. So that's presumably why there wouldn't be a double header because it would be tight then for Lara if they played that uh, county Premier Intermediate final replay in the stadium perhaps as a double header with the Kildang and Sarsfields match. It'll be tight for them for going into a Munster Championship. So I can understand the reason why that match is on next Saturday. 
Yeah, and I, I think as well, probably they wouldn't, you know, there'd be reluctance to play the two Sarsfields teams uh, one after another. It would be, I think that was the logic uh, this, this weekend, you know, that the, the Premier Intermediate put on on Saturday and, and, and uh, rather than having it as Cortland Razor to the to the Dan Breen final. So, um, yeah, and it, it's, you know, it's, it's a big one. As they Laura are going to be going forward irrespective. And this is a grade we, we'd be looking to because, you know, since the change was made and um, this, this uh, I suppose we were calling it the B grade, the senior B grade at one stage, um, but since it, it was rebranded, if you like, as, as Premier Intermediate, it means our winners now go forward and, and we expect them to do well outside the county. Ross um, Gray got to the Munster final last year, so there'll be a bit of pressure on Laura to you know, to perform well because previously it would have been our intermediate teams that were going out. And they're the so ones who miss out actually level. because Balna Hinch will go ahead as Tipperary representatives in the junior uh, championship in mm-hmm. Munster. But there isn't a, a now there, the squeeze middle is Boerlan who don't get a, a chance yeah. at provincial championship glory. That's it. That's it. I suppose you can't you can't please please all grades. I mean that that's the, the I, I suppose some people would argue and and, and this might find favour, but uh, some people would argue that that our intermediate team should really be the junior A, and uh, but uh, there's a reluctance to do that at the moment. Uh, well, one of the great things about it is that you know ultimately these championships end up in Crow Park, which is I think a wonderful thing if you're a junior hurler that you still have the dream and the potential to to line out in Crow Park one more time. I'm sure Shane McGrath has listened to me all the time as, uh, as we refer back to this. Uh, Balnahench incidentally lost that junior A final against Clenelty Ross Board, finished 318 to 211, but Balnahench, as it's their senior, their, their only adult team, I suppose, if you were going to put it that way, they progress. Uh, quick word on Killadang and Sarsfields. Um, another good final, another tight, exciting second half in a county final, and the point has been made on this show already. It's testament to how tight and close the championship we have. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it, it in many ways it went to prediction really because I think most of us most of us would have seen it as very tight game, uh, not a lot between these teams. With Sarsfields perhaps having a, a very slight edge, and uh, and I think that's the way it panned out. Sarsfields did have a slight edge right throughout this match. Um, I mean, I, I, I reckon the Dangan led for maybe three minutes out of the out of the hour, or whatever. Um, so they were mostly chasing the lead. Now, it was, it was never a big lead. It was always a point, two, or I think three points was the max that was ever between them. So so very, very tight. A very cagey first half, I thought, Ronan. Very kind of subdued first half. Um, you know, it didn't really explode. I think it, it really kind of didn't come to life until Paul Flynn put in that goal midway through the second half. And, and that brought a bit of a spark to it. And then you had the exciting finish, of course. But but again, it was Kiladangan that were that were chasing it at the very very end. And massive massive point from from Willie Connors at the end to, uh, to 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 send it to a replay. One one slight worry maybe for for Sarsfield is of course some people have been pointed out that uh, the last three county finals that they they drew. Um, this is going back to in 1992. Uh, they lost all the replays. Um, so I don't know if they'd be thinking they probably want to keep that out of their out of their heads ahead of the replay. But I think though the, the, a there's, a ma- there's a maturity. I think there's a sense maybe in Kildangan that this team can't just finish a cycle with one Dan Breen. I, I absolutely agree with that. I, I think I think that in fairness they probably deserve uh, another county title. You know they've they've they're no flash in the pan. You know they've they've been there. They got their title in. Uh, 2020, but they've been there in what, three or four t- finals recently, and uh, knocking on the door. Very strong team. Very, you know, this, the team has stayed very much the same. There, there's been very little change in the team uh, over the last number of years, and uh, they're just on on the brink of another one. And and I think the second title always uh, sort of endorses the first one, if you like. So it is it is a slight touch of unfinished business for them there, and. Uh, but uh, they'll have they'll have a job again against Arsenal the next day. I think it's, it's it'll be set up again. So re- replays I, I think very rarely go the same way as the as the draw on that. So it'll be fascinating to see how how this one pans out. It will be a more you know a more open uh, game, maybe with more goal chances and uh, a greater spectacle. I thought this was this was very subdued for a lot of the match. I thought and uh, very few goal chances and you know the type of spectacle that people like. But uh, some great individual points and individual performances, but just that little bit cagey, I thought. And, and I, I agree completely with Tom. Um, I thought Sarsfields had a few chances. 
had at least at least two players had chances near the end and, and they just they just couldn't bring themselves to pull the trigger. Um, they, I suppose so much at stake. You know, if you miss a last minute chance and then kill a dang and go down and get the winner, uh, it can be tough. But they did just pull out of it a little bit, I thought, at the end there when they could have maybe sneaked a, a, a win at the death. I'm just going to leave you one final word on, on, a, on a matter over the weekend and sometimes on this show we get a lot of texts bemoaning the state of hurling in South Tipperary but I'm uh, reminded by a texter please say congratulations to Mullinahone under 17s winning the County A hurling final great win for South Tipperary hurling badly needed Yeah and um, you know yeah as, as, as and again no disrespect to um Holy Cross Ballycanal wasn't it they they yeah, um, who've who've been really very impressive at underage in recent years. Absolutely. I think this this was um I was talking to a Holy Cross man yesterday evening. This is their third their third county uh, minor final in a row and uh they've won one and lost two and of course they won the last two county under twenty one under nineteens as well. So huge you know, huge uh, uh, performances by by their juveniles, but yeah, in terms of Mullinahone, a huge one. I mean, their their seniors, in fairness, are, are holding up their end for South Tipperary by being so competitive uh, at the top level. And uh, to see them come on at a win like this is 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 big. And I think, um, you know, nothing against Holy Cross, but uh, those of us looking at the the overall county picture would would love to see uh, the South Division thriving because it is it is a bit of a worry. It has been a worry for a while. I think both South and West, in fairness, um, have been struggling. That's just the reality of it. And, and they've been struggling to be competitive at different levels. Um, so anytime you see a club like, like uh, Mulnahone doing this, I think it's always welcome. If we could only get Clamel teams and so on to, 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 to emerge the, the same way, it would, be, it, would be, it would be huge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, good talking to you, JJ. Lots to reflect on again next week. And, uh, you know, the weekends just keep coming because we'll be into Munster Championship before you know it. Enough to keep us going till Christmas. Fair play. Absolutely. Thanks, JJ. Thanks, Take care. JJ Kennedy joining us there. Just to go to some of your texts in relation to uh, lots of texts congratulating Mullinahone coming in. Uh, somebody says, would it be a good idea to have a double header next Sunday to have two replays? I think we've kind of dealt with that. It's uh, it's the Laura's involvement in the Munster Intermediate Championship that will uh, has, has probably determined that timetable. Uh, somebody says, does the performance of Thurles Sarsfield's second team prove there is room for two strong senior teams in a town the size of Thurles? After all, a smaller town of Carrick had three senior teams in the 70s. One of them even reached a Waterford County final. And don't forget the Davins went to a Munster... Um, they went to Munster Senior Hurling final I think they did back in the day um, but you're right I mean there's so much numbers in Thurlis Arsfields but you can make the same argument about Clamell Commercials I mean you look at how impressive they're now they're, their intermediates went far but they didn't get to a county final but uh, they have so many numbers uh, they're the envy I'd say of most other football teams in Thurlis Arsfields the numbers are the envy of most other hurling teams. Congrats to the county board and all the teams involved in providing us with a great weekend's entertainment. The match programme yesterday was an excellent publication, a great read. My only gripe with it was they didn't put the team lists for the junior A and relegation finals on it. It's great we have two replays to look forward to as well as the football finals, said one texter. And incidentally, that makes reference to the match between the county senior hurling relegation match between Brackens and the Upper Church Drum Band. It finished Bracken's 18 points, Upper Church 114, only a point in it again when you look back on. These two teams played in a county senior football semi-final only last weekend and now they're playing again in a county senior hurling relegation. Absolutely nothing between these two teams. Neighbouring parishes, I'm sure that they would be sick of the sight of each other, but Upper Church jump ban. Disappointment for them. Been senior for a number of years, county finalists as well last year, and uh, now they find themselves in the Premier Intermediate ranks. Our text number is 083. Three double one double three double one. That also works for WhatsApp as well. If you want to uh, contact us, we've lots more to come on the show. We're going to go to Peter Silk with on Cashel Rugby soon. We'll have soccer with uh, with Barry Ryan, and we'll also hear from recently turned professional boxer Sean O'Keefe of Clamell Boxing Club, who'll join us before eight o'clock this evening. Stay tuned. Lots more to come. We'll be back after this quick break. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. Realestatealliance.ie. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina, OREA Stokes and Quirk Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. Realestatealliance.ie. 
Yeah, you're welcome back. Our text number is 083-311-3311. Peter Silk from Cashel Rugby Club is on the line. Good evening to you, Cashel. Or good evening to you, Peter. Apologies. <laughs> Hi, Ronan. How are you? I'm very well. Well, like, a lot of people's attention has been on events in Paris, uh, but there's a lot of really good stuff going on locally as well because Cashel got back to winning ways. Uh, always a tough place to go to play in Cashel, and Malone found that out this weekend. They did, really. Uh, we were surprised, I think, at the margin of the victory. Um, we had played Banbridge the previous week and we didn't particularly fire on all cylinders. And uh, Banbridge, we'd have been happy enough with a losing bonus point and we denied that late in the game. And then Malone were another team that were demoted from 1B last year. So we expect them to be a bit stronger. But um, we really got going very early on. We got a try after two minutes and then halfway through the first half got a second try and then a third try before half time. So we were well on our way. Uh, by half time, um, and we got the bonus point shortly after half time. Then they got a, a breakaway try, but really they never threatened us. But it was a far better performance, I must say, than the previous uh, week. We were a bit I disappointed. When you start your opening <coughs> round of AIL fixtures away from home, there's always that possibility of coming in a little rusty, which possibly is an, uh, not an excuse, but an explanation for the Banbridge result. Well, it is really, but I suppose we had a few. We had two cup matches, uh, Munster Senior Cup matches, as preparation because they they set up the Munster Senior Cup draw this year uh, in such a way that the Munster clubs would have two or three matches before the AIL started. But uh, we were a little bit upscuttled by uh, one or two guys going to uh, to Paris. But but really, I suppose um, what was under pressure was we had two or three serious injuries. Barlow O'Donoghue broke his leg in one of the cup matches, so he's gone for the season. Mikey Wilson has a, a, a knee injury followed following a shoulder injury, and we've one or two other injuries. So they kind of upscuttled us the first um, the first day, but uh, I must say we really got back on the horse on Saturday last. They played very very well, and the backs as well played well. Though the Banbridge backs were very very good. They had uh, this guy Little. He's a former Ulster player. They had two very good wingers, and they kind of cut us out. But uh, we had we dealt with that last Saturday very well, and it was an important win because if you lose a few matches early on, you're on the back foot then for the oh, rest of the season. Very much so, yeah. You're playing catch up. I see Greystones away is your next match next Saturday. That's our next match, and they have um, they've won their two matches so far. Uh, they they're they're a good team. Obviously, they came up last year, and um, you know they'll be. It'll be difficult, but you know I'd be confident enough going up there that we give a, con- a good account of ourselves. You know. Yeah, let's have a quick word on Nina because <laughs> Nina started the All Ireland League uh, the first day out with a good win against UL Bowes, and we're on the road this weekend and took on MU Barnhall and came away with a one point victory. That's two from two from Nina. It is, and I fancy Nina this year. To be honest, I fancied them last year to go up. They were within seven minutes of it. Uh, when they played Black Rock, and Black Rock are flying now in Division 1B. Um, and Barn Hall, I can tell you, is as tough a place as you can go. Uh, they're, they're always very, very good at home. It's a difficult place, and particularly to win a tight match by a point. That was, that was a super victory. But uh, I think Nina have been building for a while now, and I would not be one bit surprised if they, if they went up or certainly challenged. Uh, they've, had, they've had a great start. Yeah. Um, so... Time when they tell. come to Cashel at the end of the at the end of this year and the start of next year, I think there'll be two very very uh, important they, matches from our point of view. They always are great Friday night matches if you can get them get to see them. There's an awful lot of zombie singers over in Paris. I hope they when they come home they'll soon realise the quality of product that's also available on our doorsteps here in Tipperary with three senior clubs in Nina, Cashel, and Clamel. Clamel lost their opening ground but had a good win on the road. Uh, this weekend up in Bangor uh, they had really good quality people should get out and see that quality in the AIL and indeed Munster Junior clubs as well people placed like Absolutely. Like there's a great Clan William yeah, there's a great history of rugby in, yes. in, in, um, in Tipperary you know as you said okay you have the three senior teams but you have the likes of Clan William Kilfiekel Hurlis uh, you know they're all strong junior clubs and competing at a high level yes. And, you know, they do deserve... They deserve support. some support. I completely agree with you. And they deserve yeah, a bit of cash do. and deserve a bit of people going through turnstiles and paying in to see them play. Absolutely. And, you know, most of those clubs have bars. And, yeah, if people want to... It's a great pint. day out. Absolutely. It and is a good day out. You don't have and, to go to Paris. You know, to do it. Yeah, That's people, you don't actually have to go to Paris. And, and um, 
you know, the standard of play is quite good as oh, well. Is, yeah, no and, um, you know, it's, it's, they are local clubs, they're community clubs, and they're giving a good service to young people as well. They are. You know, with their mini sections and youth sections. So they do deserve support. But I suppose when you're in a strong... GA County, it's difficult to generate that support. Very you know, hard to get some oxygen of airtime. I've got to fly, Peter. Here I am talking about airtime and I'm cutting you off, but I do have a lot more to cover before I go off air tonight. But very good. Well, listen, thanks for the time, Ronan. Not at all, Peter. Talk again soon. We'll have more time. Thank okay. You. Peter Silk from Cashel Rugby Club. Keep an eye on those teams, Cashel Clamel. And uh, Nina, Nina doing really well. Big ground development up there in uh, up in New Ormond Park as well, which I'd love to get up and see at some stage. Barry Ryan is on the line. How are you, Barry? How are you, Ronan? lot to talk about, Barry, and I suppose we're going to have to start where we always start with uh, Clamell Town. They're now out of the Munster or the FAI Junior Cup after a 2-0 defeat to Tumal Boris. And just when you thought that there might be the green shoots of recovery, this is a sucker punch. Yeah, look, it is. Um, and the one thing about it, we mentioned that the FAI Junior Cup can keep your season alive and keep that little buzz going that'll get numbers to train and, uh, you know, and kind of keep the thing going, which is what you need at the moment. But the stark reality of it probably is as well, if we're being honest with ourselves, is that for most people in the current climate where things are at, Forest were probably favourite to win the game on Sunday. And it's not really a shock, which is probably maybe just highlights the situation that Town currently find themselves in. But down so many key bodies on Sunday, Evan Comerford un- unavailable, Jamie Hearn unavailable, Keith Brown unavailable, Alan O'Donnell gone travelling, Conor O'Sullivan gone travelling, um, Lee Costello gone to Evergreen and Kilkenny. You know, what was on the pitch, like the reality is Forrest were favourites to win the game and they went and got their first win of the season. And, you know, sometimes I, I feel it can get a little bit lost in this. You know, we talk so much about Thomas Town. Credit to Forrest. Yeah, well. I think that's They've fair. gone to the complex and got a huge win. A big win and it just keeps their season going. So many games, not enough time. Care Park's 1-0 win over Banshee, I think, is a standout result as well because it it's very important for Care. Yeah, really good result for Care, especially they're on a bit of a high at the moment. They're on a good run. It's another good win. Um, really, really tight game. Local derby, Bantam missed the penalty. Um, and it really teases up because Care plays St. Michael's next weekend. Um, and you know, there's so many Michael's um, players now at Care and stuff as well. Fascinating contest next week. It'll feel like a huge derby and a game I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, um, St. Michael's had too much for Ardcony. I think Ardcony took the lead in this, didn't they? It finished 5-1 for Saints, but yeah, did Ardcony lead? They did. Ardcony, St. Michael's dropped a flyer of a start, had two or three really good chances. Ashley Keller should have scored right from the, the first couple of minutes. Um, and all of a sudden, a mix-up in defence, a short back pass, bit of a calamity really, and Alconi got in and scored. Um, but it wasn't one of those where you felt there was anything going to happen within five, five ten minutes. Um, it was level again. Um, and St. Michael's led 2-1 at half time. So, fair play to Alconi though. They, you know, they kept them honest throughout and St. Michael's pulled away as the game went on. Um, so, you know, I, th- I would say they would feel they acquitted themselves quite well. Celtic are scoring goals, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. I think um, mentioning could Powerstown, you know, give them a, a rattle last week. Must have really got Celtic focused, and they took no prisoners <laughs> yeah, in that know, one. Yeah, they I, I, I thought that might seven. come back and haunt me. All right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I've been under receiving into that a few times. One. Anyway, yeah, congratulations to Celtic. One Premier League game I just want to touch on briefly because it's it perhaps speaks about a lot of what's going to happen at the bottom of the division. Tipperary Town getting three 0 win away at Wilderness Rovers. Yeah, that's a big result for Tipperary Town. Um, got their point against Clamell Town the previous week, got themselves up and running, travelled to Clamell then to Willies, you know, and probably with the pressure on Tip Town because the game they're expected to win with Willies kind of struggling a little bit at the moment, but it's a really good win. It's three goals, um, and, you know, Tip Town now will wonder, you know, can they build on that now as well? And things might get interesting um, if they could put a in the league so Boris are coming in on a bit of a high now but Boris have no league points so that's a huge game this weekend absolutely I gotta fly Barry thanks for your time this evening thanks a million Ronan. not at all that's Barry Ryan with news of TSDL and just before we go off air this evening we caught up during the week with Sean O'Keefe now Sean was be well known to listeners as a national elite boxing champion from Clamwell Boxing Club she's gone professional she's gone into professional ranks and is now training really hard to uh, secure her first fight and that'll happen before Christmas her first pro fight we caught up with her during the week and we began by asking what was it that motivated her to turn professional 
Yeah, it, it was a very easy decision. A lot of thought went into it. Um, so from early from early on in my career as an amateur, um, everybody thought I had a pro style, and obviously coming back and my career soared so so well and it took off. Um, I made the decision after I won gold in um, Poland in May that I was going to turn pro, and then obviously with Kelly Harrington uh, qualifying at sixty kg as well, there's mm. nothing left for me in the amateurs. So. Now I want to go over and um, make a statement in the pro game. Can I just explain to me and our listeners what you mean by a pro style? Because in amateur boxing, you know, it's a very different animal to pro boxing. And in amateur boxing, it's all about scoring points. While in pro boxing, you have to be a lot more aggressive. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I'm more aggressive. I'm always on the front foot. Um, my guard was always tighter. Yeah, it, it's literally my style. Yeah. You did take a break from boxing and then come back and win a national elite championship. Did that copper fasten or was it the Poland experience that copper fastened your decision? Uh, to be honest, it was Poland. Um, so the girl I beat in the um, final was a very, very, very good GB girl. Mm. Uh, highly, highly rated. And um, then I got talking to a man that um, take, takes care of a podcast that lo- um, looks after all boxers. And um, he just advised me on different things about turning pro. See, I was under the illusion you had to have an Olympic gold medal or nobody would look at you. But my pedigree was so good mm. that um, he said there's no reason why you can't. So I started digging deeper and deeper into it. And then, yeah, I made the decision. It was a very easy one. Don't get me wrong. It's been a long road. I've, I've decided to turn pro since May and it actually only happened. Sign seal delivered four weeks ago. A lot of thought had to go into it. Like mm. you had to be very careful who you were going to go with. A lot of offers were there, but just needed to find the right fit. But thankfully, after a couple of months, I found the right fit. And now I'm very, very happy in the programme. So you've got, uh, you had a job in Clamelia, you know, you had a good steady income. You had, uh, you enjoyed boxing, you enjoyed training. This is a different kettle of fish altogether because now you're based out, outside London in Essex. You're away from home, you're away from family and friends. And... You're not working, so you've got to try and earn money as well. Yeah, so not only that, I was um, originally in Belfast. That's where I was training, so that's where my first coach was. But um, I got a new opportunity with a new manager and a new coach, and it opened up even bigger doors than I could have ever imagined. And I thrived really quickly, only being in his company a couple of hours, even a week. So um, I bit the bullet and moved actually from Belfast to Essex. And like you say, I'm living off support from sponsors mm. and obviously say I have savings but I don't really want to be diving into all my savings either I've been working really hard um, saving money because I knew it'd be crucial to have it when I do decide to turn over because um, I can't work I have to give it 150% of my time and I don't have time to be given to anybody else no. whether it's working to try and bring an in- income so I am pleading to Clamel especially because it is my hometown and I want my hometown involved in every step along this route. I plan to take over the pro game. I guarantee I'll be world champion before 2025 and that's marking my words 100% I will be. I'll have two fights by December. I'll be 2-0 and and all going well. The fights will be live live on um, a really, really huge platform. So anybody that gets involved, it's going to be huge for them. So I am pleading to Clamel to get involved and become come on board and sponsor me in any way that they can because every bit helps. We, we see the big fights. We see Katie um, fighting in the O2. We see big fights on da- days and that does own um, boxing uh, medium, which I presume is what you're referring to. But it takes time to get to that level. You have a very clear path in your head, and you're very positive about the path you're going to take. Are you a girl in a hurry? I wouldn't say I'm in a hurry. I just know what I want and I know I'm going to get there. I've done all the right work um, and I've ex- explored all the right avenues and I'm in the perfect hands to do exactly what I, d- what I want to do. So we know we'll, we have two fights definitely. 100% I'll be 2-0. and oh. And like I want a title shot by the time I'm fourth fight. And but that's because I'm good enough to do it. But so, that's very early, Shauna. Uh, not not cutting across you, but like if you were if you were a, a, a guy having this conversation, it would be very much harder for a male boxer to get a, a title shot of after four pro fights. Of course, it is because fights. so many more in yeah, the weight division yeah. one, and then two. My pedigree is so so good, and I'm developing so well um, in the pros. Um, I'm picking it up really really well. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not going to run before I can walk. But we're not going to slow my pace down if I don't need to. 
Oh, like I went over um straight into training and I'm I'm inspiring girls that are four and oh and uh, I'm sparring a girl she was a welterweight last week and she's going for a European title shot this is her ninth fight as a mm. pro so like I'm not going in baby steps I'm being thrown straight in and I am you either sink or swim and I'm swimming and I'm swimming very very well like I'm not out of my depth at all Let's talk about a normal day because when you were working here in town we did have a conversation about how you managed to work, train, eat, sleep, work, train and that's pretty much all you were doing at the time. Now you're doing probably the exact same except you've just taken the work out of it. So what's a normal day like for you? So um, Monday mornings we start off we have to do a 25 a 25 minute run so it's getting about six to six and a half k run in in 25 minutes so it's really fast paced and then monday even monday um we'd say lunchtime i'll be sparring and then tuesday tuesday is um tuesday is so it's called a triangle so you have to do 0.9 of a, a 0.9 of a mile in 5:30 under 5:30 for women 4:30 for men so it's literally going up a hill down a hill and across, but I'm not joking yet. This run is, it's not for the faint-hearted. Yeah. But you do it six times. Okay. Um, that's that. And then Tuesday evening, and then we've pads. Wednesday then is run again, and then sparring Wednesday evening. Uh, Thursday then is um, we do uh eight four hundred meter sprints, or we could end up doing stairs. So there's these stairs. They are a killer. It's hundred and forty steps, and you you can do it between six to ten times, and you have to average between fifty seconds in the fifty uh one hundred forty. It's it's insane. Like mm. I thought my training was up here. Like I thought my my training was off the off the scale. Uh, before I went over here but this is like this is why the fighters over there are world class they there's no stone unturned with these people but would you say the main difference between your training now and your training before when you're an amateur is that you're f- spending far more time in the ring oh far more far more and it's more specific like everything with a uh, pro game it needs to be slowed down so anyone that knows me as a fighter I'm a hundred mile an hour that's why I'm I'm exciting to watch because I've an engine that just doesn't stop I just keep throwing mm. no matter you could throw a sledgehammer at me and it won't stop me from going that's the way I am but in the pro game you have to slow it down and you have to be more specific with your punch and you have to swivel a bit more rather than snapping so snapping is just throwing fast punches but when you're swiveling you're literally you're turning shoulders hips and heels and your intent is to like take a person out so it's power which your punch is extreme power yeah but like so did, I made the point earlier you know the amateur game is about scoring points the pro game is a lot more powerful you yes, are trying course. to end the fight if you can as yeah. soon as you can you also have to be styles make fights is an old cliche but it's true and you've got to tactics sometimes come into it and all that it's a very steep learning curve because you can recreate as close as you can in a sparring session what a pro fight's going to be like but until you actually climb through those ropes on your first pro fight it's a it's different gravy. Yeah, um, I've been warned. Like, there's stuff I'm learning, and like, it's every day is a school day in this. And they were, were they were right when they tell you, you're starting all over again when you turn pro. Everything you learned as an amateur is gone out the window. You're starting completely. Like, it's a, it's a, um, it's a fresh start. Everything's so different. The stuff I'm learning right now, like I may not even use in my uh, pro debut. My coach reckons the way it takes, it's like six months to 12 months even for you to find your feet properly as a pro. So everything I need to implement, it may not even showcase until third, fourth fight. Like um, I trained with him the Sunday and then the Monday. He told me to swivel through my punches and that was only 12 hours later. And I swiveled through and I threw a hook and I knocked a girl out, a chinder, and mm. I, I completely knocked her out. But um, that's just from um, him correcting one little thing. But there are things that my club taught me. Mm. So all the stuff I have, I have already. And that's what's going to get me through my fights. It's just he's fine tuning them. But there, there is, you won't find your feet or find the actual style that you're going to have as a pro until at least four fights, he said. At least. But you're talking then about your fourth fight possibly being a shot at a title. Oh, Maybe you're European. Or... Yes, definitely. Yeah. So you're only really learning your craft or honing your craft and then you're into the, the big game. Yeah, but that just goes to show the ability that they know I have. Okay. They've never seen anyone with the power and the strength and the force that I have and the engine that I have and that he can't get over it. We tra- we sparred, I sparred his son on a Friday and we did 20, 20, 20 minutes straight of body sparring. And when I say it was hard, I'm not joking you. We went toe to toe and we just absolutely went for it. Just body for shots. For 20 minutes straight. I'm not joking. I've black yeah. and blue hips and everything. <laughs> it, imagine, it's yeah, ferocious. Yeah, yeah. 
But he turned around. It's one of those things you fight or flight. So he had to put me in there. And there's like um, my defense needed correcting. But it's new things that I need to learn. But I was learning as I was doing it. It wasn't him taking me aside and be like, you have to do this. I had to think for myself and it worked. Mm. And I didn't give up. He turned around to me and said, he was like, I'm one of the toughest women he's ever seen by far. And that's one of the biggest attributes I have. I am so tough and I'm willing to do whatever I can to get through and win no matter what. That's why. A lot of guys turn pro younger than you. And I'm not saying that you're in any way more seasoned than anyone else, but you've more life experience. You know, yeah. you're not 21. That's what I'm saying, you know. Mm. Um, so does, do you think that first and foremost, this decision to turn pro was a mature decision? And secondly, yeah, does it help that perhaps you've been around for a couple of years in the amateur ranks? So you, you possibly knew what to expect. Um, I won't say I knew what to expect because you never know what to expect mm. in this game. There's a lot of learning and I'm going to be learning every day. It's a when they say it's a dog's game, it's an understatement. Okay, you need to have your wits about you, but you also need to have a fantastic team that have your best interest at heart and going to, are going to look after you and make sure all the decisions are made to benefit you, not to benefit them. Because there's a lot of people in the game they don't think about the fighter, they think about themselves and the benefits that they can get out out of it. Let's be honest about oh, it. I think the the, the the history of boxing is littered with yes, that. Yes, it's it's unfortunate. But the decision um, with uh, turning at this age, I have my my full women's strength now, woman's strength now. So I'm really strong and I'm really mature. And obviously the um, six year gap out, I had a lot of um, life experience that built me and made me the person I am today to be ready and able to do what I'm doing now. Had a conversation only there the other day about it. Um, do you think I'd be, do, I, do they think I'd be where I am now if I continued boxing? And I'd say no, because I speak to some of the girls that have been consistently fighting for the years that I've been out and they've lost the the fire, the desire that I have for it right now. They've kind of lost it because um, it's just it's a tough game mentally and physically, but more mentally, you have to have you have to have serious um mental strength for this game or it break you very very easily but I had six years out and now I'm so fresh and I'm so hungry and the fire that's burning inside me is because I knew what it was like not to have it and so that's why now is mm. the perfect time and with everything that's happening so obviously what everyone knows 61.2 is lightweight division that's Katie Taylor's and Katie Taylor is my idol like everybody knows but she's going to retire Mm. And I want to be the one that's going to step into that division and I want to take the belts. I want to be world champion at lightweight division. And that is my goal. And I couldn't be coming in at a better time. No, but you see Katie, she headlines in Madison. She opens a lot of doors for you and for other girls and other boxers. 100%. She headlines in Madison Square Gardens. She comes to the O2, loses her fight, wants a rematch. The first thing, words out of her mouth after the fight, defeat was she wants a rematch. Yes. You've got the likes of Peterson, top class boxers like that. So... That's a stage that you feel you're ready for, you've got the ability for, and you've the desire for it. Yeah, um, the manager that rang me and offered me the contract that I actually signed for, he said it to me, he was like, I hope you're ready to embark in the life that you're about to, because they knew the ability and they knew um, I would be stepping into it straight away. A lot of um, pro fighters don't get the opportunities I'm after getting in such a small space of time, but... I have the ability to do it and I have the ability to go very far and everybody sees it. That's why things are taken off that bit quicker. You see people that turn over. Um, it takes them months to get even a sit down or a talk with a promoter. Mm. And I have a talk with a promoter coming mm. like very soon, way sooner than anybody else. It just goes to show I have the ability and I have the hunger, but I'm, I'm going to be a very, very, very well watched fighter. I'm going to be exciting and I believe in my heart of hearts, I'm going to be the first female that's going to generate knockout power. I'm going to be knocking girls out and I'm going to make sure of it. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't really spoken to Conchie in, about his experience as a pro fighter, but he went and he was in Manny Stewart's gym over in America at one stage and uh, was, was doing really well from that, but an injury and he never, his hands just, he didn't have the hands that would yeah. allow him to be a pro fighter and to deliver on his his talent. And I'm just, you know, you've got to be conscious of the fact that one small injury can derail a lot of your, your hopes and dreams. Yeah, of course. You have to be so careful. Um, 
100% with the way you wrap your hands. If you feel a little niggle, hold back on it. Don't try and fight through it because obviously in the amateurs, you push through everything. But every decision you make, like I'm saying it to the lads, to drive in my car, to where I walk, where I go, all these things. I think about everything before I do it now because at the end of the day, I could step out and I could fall. I could get a cold. It's even as little as getting yeah. a cold now. This is my livelihood now. So I need to be so careful and so particular with the things that I do. And think about if they're going to affect me in any way uh, from not performing or not being able to box. Because if I can't box, I can't make money. That's, and that's the the fact about it. This is going to be, this is my livelihood now. Ooh. So I need to be 150%. Okay. And just to finish, Shauna, I mean, you know, you, you've said at the start how you want to involve people from Tipperary, people from Clamell in particular, in on your journey and bring them with you. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm pleading for people in Clonmel to get behind me and support me and sponsor me. Um, at the end of the day, sponsorship is what I'm going to live off until I start making money. Everybody knows at the start of the pro game, you don't make very much. There is percentages that are taken out here, left, right and centre and um, you don't make it big until you start um, going for title shots and everybody knows it and it's even harder in the women's game. Um, so I, I plead for people to get behind me and sponsor me because I want my town involved. I want people supporting me. The more support I have, the better. Um, and it's something so huge. I'm the first person in uh, Tipperary to do something mm. like this. First person to do it in Clamel. And I will be bringing home a world title belt, a world, uh, world title um, back to Clamel. Um, in, definitely before 2025 and I'll get to say I did that for Clomel but I want my whole town rallying behind me because that's 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 what it's about you need the sport now rather than on kicking plaza yeah, in 2025 not, not yeah. when I'm after yeah. winning world title <laughs> yeah, shots I want him on the journey with me the whole entire mm. way okay yeah. Shauna I, I just wish you well I really do I know it's a ma- marvellous story so far and we look forward to to all the chapters that have yet to be written thanks so much